All right, welcome in. It is the Three Guys Talking Ball podcast. We have reached episode 81, the Terrell Owens episode. It is June 8th, 2023. I have survived, escaped death off my uh, flight with Cody. It was a pretty pretty smooth flight for the most part. Oh, Ethan has just disappeared, and I don't know where he is. Grant is here. He's moving. I can see his lips moving, maybe. Oh, yep, now he's frozen. Well, that's not good. Oh, yep, there, there, his lips are out. Now he's making a face. So we're good. Um, we have a series, Miami-Denver. One, It is tied 1-1 as we record this. Game three is Wednesday night. So we'll post the uh, reaction video. It'll be up on social socials after that game. Uh, and then we, we're going to wrap up History of Heartbreak, Chapter 7. And we have already uh, locked in the episode, locked in Dan for next week to uh, join us and discuss the book. So be ready for that. And then we're going to finish up with curveball of the week, but I don't know where Ethan went. And I, yeah, I I must've had some connection issues. Last last week they were doing some plumbing work in his apartment uh, from a third party, a third party company. And one day they came in and uh, they made a mess in his apartment and there was just, puddles of water everywhere uh all over all Ooh, over, that's all no over good carpets one day they turned the shower off and it looked like he was in flint michigan um and he, he let he left him and he left <laughs> him a nasty note that said hey clean up after yourself clowns so i oh, think me? the company's coming back and they're taking his wi-fi away they're, this is their payback for that nasty letter that ethan left left i'm back can you I hear can me hear you. yeah we can hear you loud and clear I don't know. Everything just froze for a second, but no, uh, funny. You're talking about that. They, you know, I told you when I talked to the head manager, lady property manager, she said, Oh, we'll send our uh, secretary out to get you a $250 uh-huh. gift card. That was on Wednesday. Uh, I went back today. Cause I, she goes, yeah, we'll have it probably Friday. And I was just like, whatever, you know, they, they, she said, she'd tell me when they have it. So I went there today and she goes, no one knew about it. They didn't have a, they didn't have the, the gift card or anything. So they call her and she goes, Oh yeah. Uh, they're behind the ball. It's actually the, the vendor has to get you it. Oh, that's not going to happen. And I was like, I'm like, well, that's not what you said the first time. So what's uh, going on here? Oh no. So probably playing, going to be playing ringer on the rosary, but they will owe me $250. Cause she fucking said it. There you go. I would I I would leave a negative review on Yelp. I would leave a negative review on Facebook. I mean, anywhere you can leave a negative review, I would leave it. Supposedly, Make your voice I will heard. have an ETA tomorrow is what I was told. Okay. So if I don't hear anything by tomorrow, I'm going to send her an email and be like, hey, this is for Alex. But, uh, yeah, no, you told me I was going to get $250 just so I have it on, like, an actual, not just, like, a phone, like an actual uh, email or something. I, I just back. have a hunch, dude. This is going to be the world's largest game of chicken, or just or just ta- yep. table tennis, back and forth. Yep, back, back and, and forth. forth. Yep, exactly. That's and exactly she's going to email gonna someone else. Noah. Someone else is going to email you, and they're hoping eventually you crack. Uh, yep. And I'm like, nope. Even when I move out, I am going to ha- get make sure I get this fucking so money. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. Yeah. This sounds this sounds a lot like when I was trying to get my insurance money for my roof that I. When I had to redo shingles after hail damage, where I didn't yeah. have the full amount, and Ooh. it was back and forth, and then the guy was like, "Well, I I don't know," and then they're like, "Well, we just have to send. You have to have your 
your construction guy send pictures to the to the insurance and the insurance will send you a check and then the insurance is going to contact the construction to send the pictures so there's a contact call the construction guy no i've never talked to these people at all so end up getting it but poor poor construction guy he didn't get it till like christmas time but got it done I actually ended up coming out ahead because I got more for more on my second check, which I'm not going to complain about. So a win is a win. So in the end, it worked out. So hopefully Ethan, Ethan can uh, have the, uh, the same juju go his way. Same luck. That'd be great. 250 stones is 250 stones. You're not going to complain about that. It's a lot of money. Is it just like a like a money card or is it like a gift card to someplace? It's a Visa gift card. Visa gift card. Oh, okay. So essentially So hypothetically here, if you if you had if they said it had to be to a business of your choice, where would you what would you get two hundred and fifty dollars for? For oh, what, what company would you get? I'm thinking not to ask Hannah because it'd be her. I'm thinking Costco. We thought about it. Because we said we might just use it for groceries, but I was also like, well, we could either use it for the tickets to the football game or the truck we're renting to move. So, like, there's a couple different options. Mm. So we'll now, see. when we say when see we, we say it. when you say we, is this a united front? But it's one person's decision, and you guys are being politically correct and saying we. Uh, we've both given ideas, and she hasn't said no. So. Oh, God, you're lucky. Oh, she hasn't I told know. you you're, you're you're a dumb, stupid male yet. She's she's just giving you false hope. She's yeah, just, she she much. she knows what what that money's going towards. She just hasn't said it yet. She's just she's just taking you taking you along. I mean, literally. And in the game of life, men play checkers and women play chess. It, it, that's all it comes down to. I will. And survive. I am a horrible checkers player, so that's why that's why no bitches talk to me because I can't even play checkers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in the same world as them. <laughs> You're not. Oh, God, no, it's a, it's a disaster. You know, there, 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 there's there's somebody out there for you, Grant. I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm going to be honest. You just got to believe. You got to be positive. Uh, Think I positive. Am, Good vibes. I am a mirror, mirror positivity. I am a mirror this is positivity what this in every is. aspect of life except that. <laughs> well, you just got to come out of your shell. What's the worst they can do? They're gonna say no. It's not like they're gonna punch you in the face. Yeah, I know, but enough. Of... I mean, if, if if they if she does, she's probably a guy. That's true. Or was a guy. Whatever. Enough about me. Enough <laughs> about me and my shortcomings. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> well, and speaking of shortcomings, Denver came up short last night in Game Two of the NBA Finals. A uh, a game that after the first, my I thought Miami dominated about the first five minutes of the game and the last five minutes of the game. In between that, I thought Denver had control for most of it. And in the end, uh, you know, guy, the undrafted guys for Miami, the the Strauss, Gabe Vincent, uh, Robinson. the Caleb, yep, Duncan Robinson, Caleb, Caleb uh, who's I can't, Caleb Martin. Um, and Caleb didn't even start, but Kevin Love came off the bench or started in his place and hit hit a couple of big threes. And 
you know, I, defensively, yeah, Jokic scored 41 points, but they did a good job of not letting anybody else really score, uh, like similar kind of what happened in game one. I think the big thing going forward in this game is, for one, the Heat, there's still things to look forward to. I'm Bam is having a much better NBA Finals than he was Eastern Conference Finals. Jimmy Butler has not played great in the Finals. He had some big shots down the stretch. Maybe that gives him some confidence going into Game 3. But And then Miami, the other part of it, too, is, you know, they shut the lights out last night. I think the biggest question for Miami right now is, can they win a game when they aren't hitting threes at the clip clip they were? Because I think Denver can win without shooting, li- living and dying by the three. I don't know if Miami can't because we haven't seen it this pl- these playoffs. Well, and it, Dylan, it, it was a tale of two games. You know, look at game one. Um, you know, um, Strauss or Struess went oh, what over ten from the field. Um, you know, Vincent Vincent wasn't being him. Kevin Love didn't even play. Um, you know, Duncan Robinson has been so up and down on these playoffs, and he got benched benched last year. And yesterday was just. It was it was a different game, um, but it was a Hall of Fame coach making Hall of Fame decisions, realizing that I need to get Kevin Love on the court. He's not going to light the box score up in terms of points, but just facilitating the ball around the court, getting these guys open shots early in the game and getting their confidence going where they can say, hey, you know what? We can win this thing I and mean, we can play. But all credit to Miami, too, because when Denver got up, was it 50 to 32? I thought it was over. I mean, with the way they've been playing, Jokic going for a triple-double in game one, uh, and Jamal Murray hadn't gotten going in that game up to that point. When they got up to those 18 points, I was like, this is going to be tough sledding for Miami. But they fight, they scratch, they clawed their way back. They got it within, what, seven, eight at halftime? And they just they just kind of hung around. And, you know, Dylan, you're right, I think, you know, Jokic went berserk last night, what, 28 or 26 in the third, 41 for the game, but he only had three assists. He wasn't getting other guys involved in, you know, Denver's role players. They weren't they weren't hot like they were in game one, and Miami took advantage of that. And now Denver, for the first time, maybe this playoff series, you could argue a little bit in the Phoenix series, has some adversity where they got to sit back and they got to say, Maybe we need to make some changes because what we tried in game two won't work. So let's see what Mike Malone and his staff can come up with in three days before, um, you know, heading down to South Beach. Yeah, well, and Mike Malone said it in the in the postgame locker room is questioning the team's effort. That's not great when in the NBA finals is having a coach, your coach question, question your effort in the game. And the other part, too, is, is you can't speak enough about heat culture. I know it's a cliche term, but I mean, you look at, look at all the undrafted guys, you know, Grant, like you said, Struess, 0 for 10 in game one comes out, goes, hits four threes in the first, first quarter, uh, you know, Gabe Vincent four twenty-three 23 points, four, six from three, uh, Kyle Lowry, who's a shell of himself, but always finds himself making plays in big min- minutes. Um, well, and you know, Duncan Robinson, and- who's been very, you know, as far as even just playing up and down and inconsistent. And, you know, it'd be easy. It got paid a huge contract. It would be easy for him to say, oh, I want out of here. Um, you know, what's the point of me prepping, getting ready? But these guys are always ready for the moment and ready for when their, ty- their number is called and they deliver. 
Well, even and, and going to the fourth quarter last night, even when Denver had that big lead, Duncan Robinson gets Miami going with 10 early fourth quarter points. And what, a big point in that game, he went up, he, um, he went inside. I don't know if it was on Jokic or if it was Gordon who was trying to defend him. Uh, they hit him with a little contact. No foul was called, but the basket went in, and he looked, um, he looked towards the baseline, and he flexed, he flexed, he flexed on Denver. And I think that brought the juice for that Miami team. Like, hey, Duncan's feeling it. You know, this heat culture is a thing. You know, we're gonna play with confidence. We're gonna be in your face. Him flexing on them dudes was just like, hey, I'm here. We're gonna win this game, and that's kind of got what Jimmy going. And it got that team going, and they rallied in the fourth quarter there. And then after that, that also kind of amped up their defensive efforts in the fourth quarter where Denver just couldn't come back. Yeah, and uh, crazy Duncan Robinson story is is after his senior year, um, the Michigan writers, they were kind of asking him what his plan was. And they're, they, uh, it was Brendan Quinn who said that um, – yeah, it was talking about, yeah, I bet you, you, you know, um, you know, you, you talked about giving the NBA a shot, but I bet you, you got plenty of suitors lined up, uh, to, to looking for your services over in Europe. And I guess he, he looks at Brennan and goes, no, I'm, I'm going to be playing in the NBA. And sure enough, he, he did. And now he's, now he's hitting big shots and delivering big plays and huge moments for the well, heat. Dylan, I, I read an article today that on paper, his contract looks like a big contract, you know, five years, $90 million. But a lot of that is incentive base where he needs to reach a certain number of field goal attempts, percentages of games played and everything else like that, where his contract almost looks like a paper tiger. It's, it's not what it actually is. And for him being a bench player and a streaky shooter, when you're low in basketball, you're low. But when you're high, you're high. And he had to fight through that adversity uh, with guys like, you know, Jimmy and Bam and Coach Spolstra, probably Alonzo Mourning and Pat Riley upstairs saying, keep playing, keep doing you, Duncan. We gave you this contract for a reason. You, you showed out. We know you can do this. Just keep doing it. You never know when your time's going to come. Tyler here is still out with that broken hand. And he delivered in game two. You know, if it wasn't for him, the Peter down 0-2 and, we're probably uh, getting ready to crown Denver champs, but you know what? He stuck to it. And Dylan, like you said, heat culture, people say it's cliche. No, it's not. I saw in a TV interview four years ago, Pat Riley was wearing a white t-shirt and black lettering. It said culture across the chest. That man's been in 19 NBA finals in his career as a coach, player, and executive. 25% of the NBA finals. (laughs) That's, That's not a cliche. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. What Miami has, what Pat Riley has established Eric Spolstra over his time. It is what it is. And the, you know, Miami's not going to go away. Hell, they could still lose this thing in five. They could lose in six. They could win in seven. I just know they're not going to go down without a fight. They're not going to fold like a wet paper sack, like Boston did in game seven. Would this be the biggest upset ever in the finals? Ooh, probably of our lifetime. What about, uh, I can't think what of, about that 04 Pistons team beating the Lakers? That that one that possibly, one, that yeah. One up there. I don't know. We'd have to look up numbers wise as far as like odds going into it, but I mean, an eight seed winning winning the NBA Finals is, I mean that that's a like that Denver or that 
Detroit team was pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, they had I mean they had Rip Hamilton, they had Tayshawn Prince, Chauncey Billups, Ben, Rashid, ben Wallace, Rashid Larry Wallace. Was coach. I mean, there's three or Larry Brown. So they had a Hall of Fame coach. They had three or four Hall of Fame players mm-hmm. on that team. So, and I don't know what they were seed wise going going into the playoffs. But I mean, if we're going just by the fact that Miami is an eight seed against the number one team in the NBA all season, yeah, I would, I would probably no, say it's the no, best, biggest upset in the NBA number finals. Number one team in the West, because I think Milwaukee and actually Boston were one and two in the NBA this year. If I'm not mistaken, Dylan, I was believe, it? I believe so, because I think I think they said if Boston would have won Game Seven, Denver would have had to have gone to the Garden for Game One. I could be wrong. But I thought Milwaukee and Boston were one and two in the league. Yes. Yeah. So, so Boston was fifty-seven and twenty-five. Uh, Denver was fifty-three and twenty-nine. Yeah. So, but yeah, to your point, Denver was number one in the West through the whole year. But they would beat literally and, the top three teams in the friggin' exact, league. Exact. Exact. Boom. Boom. Exact. Boom. Yep. Well, and, and, and the other argument too you could make is is I think. From the eye test, I think Denver has been the best team all year. Record-wise, maybe not. I think part of it is is Denver playing in the tough Western Conference. But, um, and I think this is probably the best team that Miami's faced in the playoffs so far this year. Yeah. Which isn't a knock on those other two, but. Because even, you know, Milwaukee, Giannis hurts his back. Middleton's had a bad knee for a couple a couple of years now. They that team wasn't the. If you ask me, they weren't that complete. They were, they were good because they played in a bad division. They're like the Bulls in the under Thibodeau, I would say is the yeah that yeah Bucks, that's, best maybe the best yeah, analogy. You know, a good regular season team, they're going to pile up some wins, but we need them to get need them to win a title. You just you just can't trust them. And the only reason they won that title was because Kevin Durant wears a size 18 shoe, not a size 17. <laughs> if, he, if he wore a size 17 shoe, that three goes in, and well, Milwaukee's not champs. I'm not going to say who would have won it that year, but it's, it wasn't Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, well, we'll see what happens in in Game Three and Game Four. Game Four is Game Three Wednesday, so this will it'll already be done before we record or after we record, and then Game Four is Friday night, and we'll have a. Uh, have a game five Monday for sure. And we'll see what, if we have a, if there's going to be a game six or a game seven, but that's enough NBA talk for, uh, for today's episode. We've got one more chapter of book club here. It is history of heartbreak by Dan Winnesota. This is chapter seven. This is distressed the rest. So this is some different moments. These were not of the, uh, the main four sports here. We've got some, some golf, some soccer, some, unrelated things of uh, that have happened uh, regarding the Metrodome and other stadiums in Minnesota. Um, but this one starts out with a, uh, w- the um, one, the most probably most known course in Minnesota, the, uh, the Hazeltine national golf club. It's hosted the U S open PGA championship. I believe it is. It's ho- is it hosting the Ryder Co- cup or did it host it? The previous Ryder cup. It hosted it. Would have been the last, maybe even two times. Two times ago? ago in the states, I think it was in, was it Wisconsin last time? It was my, it was my yeah. second year of grad school. 
Yeah, so that would have been the, not the if not the, the right. second to last time it was in Minnesota. Or the States, yeah. sorry. I believe, because... Okay. I think it was at... 18, because was it at Whistling Straits the last time in yeah, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, if I'm not mistaken? So... So the next, it's going to be the 2028 Ryder Cup is going to be at Hazeltine. Okay. Okay. And, uh, nice. I mean, I'm, so. this one hurts, the one that we're going to talk about, because I work across the street from Hazeltine, so I am, I am now a Hazeltine fan. Oh, really? Like, I literally could walk on the course. Nice. Is this is this where you currently live now, or where you're where moving? Where works. Work, work. Oh, where you work. Oh, gotcha. You haven't. Yes. You don't have. You haven't gotten high high up enough at Target yet to uh, get get on the course yet. I mean, I think you can actually. No, I don't actually think it's public. I don't. Think I thought it was public. But, uh, you just had to pay a ridiculous fee to play. It's. I think. I think you. I think it is like maybe like three to four hundred. Yeah, or our, even like it's even close stupid. to like five hundred, which is just ridiculous. D- Dylan, some of the holes on this thing, they just look terrifying when you drive by. Like I'm just gonna say it straight up. Like, you don't want to play there. Kind of do. I think Cody Magnuson played it one time. He said, and it was a living hell. And he hits it three hundred yards. Well. I do not hit it 300 yards unless there's a unless I'm going with uh, going with the wind. Then I might have a shot, but it is uh, I, I I have to avoid the banana hook that I have have severe or the banana slice severe severe banana slice. It's um, when I when I golf on the simulator, it says it's a hard fade, so makes it sound a little bit better. But and I've actually been working. I haven't the last few rounds and knock on wood that when I have golf league Thursday night that I I, the uh, the slice doesn't come back, but I've actually been fading it a decent amount the last few times I've gone out and played, really emphasizing keeping that elbow tucked when I'm coming down. So is it, Dylan, like when when yeah. you're you're going to play the slice or the fade, and then when you line up to the left or the right, you hit it straight as an arrow? Is it is it like that? Um, not always. I've had it happens a few times. Um, I I've done it enough to know that I'm to make sure I play it a little looser and not try to really like over grip the club. Cause that's, I've done. Um, and, and really just trying to focus on keeping it. Cause it's gonna, it'll naturally, I kind of have that baseball swing. Um, I still go a little bit inside out, which causes it, but slowly working on it. And frankly, my biggest concern is, is I, I, the drive is, is what it is, but if I can keep consistently be, be good 125 yards and in and around the green. I think that's going to help my game a lot more than being able to hit bombs down the fairway. Without question. This is true. So, but, but this one, this happened in 1970. The course opened in 62 and Jack Nicholas, he uh, played a practice round there like about a month before they were having the U S open here in 1970 and he said he felt lost and everything was blind. The architect, Robert Trent Jones, fired back and told him that Nicholas was the one that was blind. And on day one of the tournament, 40-mile-an-hour wind gusts. When have we heard of windy days in the Midwest? Never. There's not Which, a lot going. There's not a lot of trees. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh. 
And and then on day two, the weather was a lot better. And a uh, golfer from Michigan named Dave Hill, he shot a 69. He moved into second place. And he, uh, he, he, he had quite the post-round comments. He was upset the... He was upset with the course and was mad that the uh, so many big name players were struggling. And then a reporter asked him how he liked the course. <laughs> he he didn't hold back any punches. He said, "If I had to play this course every day for fun, I'd find another game." How did I find the golf course? I've been trying to find it ever since I came to Minneapolis. Just because you cut the grass and put up flags doesn't mean you have a golf course. What does it lack? Eighty acres of corn and a few cows. They ruined, <laughs> they ruined a good farm by building this golf course on it. My two kids could lay out a better course than that. The man who designed this course had the blueprints upside down, just who, off the top rope. Who wants it, such an easy course? Like this, a hard course makes. And it I fun. was just gonna say that is it is it the goal of the U.S. Open to challenge these players? It's supposed to be the hardest tournament of the year. It's supposed to make you work. And you know what? Let's circle back to last week. How I said old people suck and all they complain and they're soft. You know what? This same age group right here. These are the same people I'm talking about. They want to talk about how tough they are and how they built America and blah, blah, blah. They walked to school going uphill both ways. And they're complaining about a golf course because it was too tough on a major. God, these they're just soft. These boomers are just losers, man. Sheepers. <laughs> complain a little more, Jack. That's why you're not the you know, that's Jack- why you're not the GOAT. I don't care if Tiger you know, has more than you. Tiger's the guy. You're a sissy. Stop complaining. You know, Grant, it's you Ohio State, that. so that disqualifies him. I did not know that. That's fair. Grant, you yep. know, you, yeah, you, that's you what mentioned the, the older people. Was, was after. You mentioned the older yes. people. We're, we're just as fucked with the younger people. I was at Cup Foods on Saturday. Uh-huh. This, these two girls... Of course, they're blonde. Not calling people out. I'm just pointing out that they were blonde. Fair, fair. Um, But it took 10 minutes for them to figure out how to ring up a watermelon. They're looking to weigh it without realizing the sticker had a barcode on it. I shit you not. 10 minutes of these dumb fucks trying to figure out where how to pay for this thing. And they didn't even figure it out. They they didn't pay for it. They just put it in their cart. They just said 12 and walked away with the free melon. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So they they can be grumpy and shit, but at least they're fucking smart. Oh, they 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 somewhat tried, but by gosh, they're complaining about the course was too hard, forty mile an hour winds. You're a professional, dude. Stop it. You're in bumfuck middle of nowhere, Minnesota. Fuck Bump, off. I mean, stop complaining. Go play interlocking. Go put it in their seven hundred bunkers. Oh boy. Which reminds me, Interlochen is actually hosting the U.S. Women's Open here. Is it next year? I'm not sure. Because I know the women's this year is at Pebble Creek. I believe um, it's at, um, yeah, I'm pretty Pebble sure Creek it's or Pebble Beach. next year. Pebble Beach. Pebble Creek's a golf course in in Bismarck. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, think it's, a, it's at there. Pebble Beach. No, no, yeah. it's only a nine-hole course, and it's a yep, very short course. It. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, yeah, it's at Pebble Beach this year, which is a, a fairly big deal. And a uh, a local NDSU golfer is golfing at seven months pregnant. So Amy Olson. Yes. Oh wow. She's a beast. That's that's, a, that's quite the, that's quite yep. a feat. Uh, her husband is is Grant Olson. Grant, the uh, former linebacker and current linebackers coach for NDSU. Oh, I did not know that. 
So once once again, athletic family. Once again, folks, that's a fun fact Friday coming to you on a Thursday, recorded on Monday. Boom! Didn't she just recently win too, or close? She was close. Yeah, she. I don't think she's won a PGA event, but she's been like close enough or placed in that top top I tier to where she can she's can qualify for the uh, for the majors. But it. In the end, Hill came back in 1991, and as a promotional event, he uh, came, he played a practice round with Reese Jones, the son of the architect of the course, um, to help kick off ticket sales, and shot a par 72. He ended up praising the course. So his best round that day, he shoots a, a 69, which was better than what he shot that day, and he's trashing it. And 20 years later, when someone's throwing him a bunch of money and he's promoting it, he says how great the course is. Sick. Boomers are Boomer. soft. I think that's. I think that's what Boomers we're gonna. I think that's what we're gonna name this title. So, I think that's the, the title of the, the episode is Boomers, Boomers are, are soft, soft, man. That's all I can come <laughs> up with. I don't think. I think you're right. She has not won an event, Amy Olson, but she has two tied for second finishes in majors. Oh, yep, nice. that's what so it was. That'll work. That'll play. Boomers are soft, man. And you know what's funny is is we're, we're talking about boomers. I got called a boomer the other day on Twitter. By who? Because someone with an egg profile picture. Uh, <laughs> no, it was it was actually it was a, a our good friend Mason from Inkebauer because it was it, I was ranting about how awful the jerseys were in Game One. How I don't know if you guys saw saw it, but how what is the why why do we not wear the traditional jerseys? The, oh, it drives me insane. Oh, yeah, the Mile High City and then the black alternate uniforms? Yes. Yeah. Or, or or just just wear – like, do whatever you want in the regular season. Nobody cares. Nobody watches it anyways. But for the playoffs, can we at least have some respect and honor for tradition of, you know, home whites, road colors? They're, nobody needs to be wearing colored jerseys at home. Just – Go traditional. It's it looks terrible, and when teams are wearing colored jerseys, both of them are it it look it's, it's aesthetically just terrible. No, this is my TED talk I'm, for the I'm, day. I'm right there with you, dude. I mean, keep it simple. And I can't be the only one. Oh no, I'm I'm with you. I I just I don't understand why we have to wear 14 different uniform combinations in the playoffs. Like Golden State, they're pulling out their black. Um, jersey with a rose on top of there or something it's like how how are how is that a warrior like when i think of warrior i think of someone with a big metal shield and a sword getting ready to take someone's head off not a rose plant this isn't a valentine's day date but again boomers are (laughs) soft and the people of san francisco are soft um i'm pretty sure clay thompson p sitting down draymond went to michigan state steve kerr fell into four championships. I just don't like the Warriors. But a Rose? That's Come on. That's not tough. Go back to their old uniforms with um, Baron Davis and was Terry Richardson. Um, Jason, Jason Richardson. Jason, Jason Richardson, yeah. where they had this Warrior guy with the lightning bolts with the blue. With the blue. Monte Ellis. Go, go back to them. Not this stupid crap they have these days. So, yeah, Dylan, you're right. These uniforms now in the NBA suck. And the Wolf City uniforms. And, and, and it's trickling into the MLB. These city jerseys are terrible. Like, what? what's wrong with the occasional colored jersey, gray or white pants? 
Like, why do we have to have blue pants? And the only exception I will make for this rule is the Carolina blue-colored jerseys because those are sick. Oh, yeah. Everything else is hot garbage. What's your opinion on this, the Twin Cities uniforms for the Twins this year? The, the Twin cream Cities. with the blue? Which one is – I like – I mean, it's within their color scheme. So, like, when they first went to move to Minneapolis, their home jerseys were cream-colored. Thank you. Hannah hates them, and, and she's the only one that doesn't like well, them. she's wrong. She's wrong. She's wrong. She's wrong. Yes. We know We're that. Wrong. She's wrong, and now now she's probably listening, and now Ethan's in trouble. Well, she's not. The, and no, uh, we'll, she's we'll, actually not we'll, home tonight. Uh, she had to go oh, down and have her so, grandpa help her fix her that? car. So she's on what, her way home. What did the car get lost in okay. Missouri again? <laughs> so, okay, she's gonna kill me that I said this, but uh, so she doesn't listen to this anyway. We're fine. Um, so she was at Costco the other day, and she goes, "Oh wow, I can drive forward. There's a curb. Oh, oh there's a curb, and her God. car." <laughs> It hits curb. She gets stuck on top of curb. Reverses, rips off part of like the plastic covering of her engine. Jeez, oh, <laughs> dude! If I was a stand-up oh, comedian right now, I would have so much material for for this <laughs> with the combination of the gender Hannah is in driving. But I'm not going there. But she and, also has hair color. But this. <laughs> So we're, we're driving to Missouri. We're driving over curbs. I'm starting to think, man, you don't want people in that family driving at all, dog. All right. Her grandpa's good. He fixed the car tonight, so we're fine. Okay, okay. he fixed her car, but is he still going to be a hazard when he gets in the car? What's he going to do next time? I mean, they, they, it was they, it could have been worse. They only ended up in Missouri. How do you go through the whole state of Iowa and not realize, oh, shit, we've gone a long way. How do you feel for gas? <laughs> You're in Centerville, Iowa, and you're like, well, let's, let's stop at the local Casey's and get a slice of pizza. <laughs> what? No, we're going to be in fucking Missouri. Yeah. yeah. How, <laughs> how do you not fill up for gas? That's, that just amazes me. It's incredible. Well, they got home. They're yeah, safe. Boomers, are, so- boomers yeah. are soft and Hannah can't drive. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> yep. That's what I should name. That's what I should name the episode. <laughs> oh, boy. <it> would. <laughs> let's not do that, please. Guys, I wouldn't have a place to sleep. Let's I mean, not. I mean, I, I'm fine with the boomers are soft, but that second part, maybe not. <laughs> Do we really need to talk about Ethan soccer laugh. on this next page? Um, yeah, well, I mean, the, the term Minnesota syndrome came from uh, the Minnesota kicks losing the soccer bowl. I've never uh, heard of the soccer, soccer bowl before this, so this is just ridiculous. Yeah, the, the, the league folded. So, so, um... It doesn't. Are, uh, are they still playing? I don't think so. I I mean, they may have carried over from one league to another, but it's soccer. Who cares? Yep. yep. <laughs> glorified jogging. And uh, let's go. Let's go. Glorified to, jogging. Let's at, go to real. Dylan calls it. You're you're <laughs> right. Hill, I will die on too. Jerseys and soccer is glorified jogging. And you know what? It, it it's a debate and argument. I will. I will get in. I and uh, you know when I was down in Mexico, met a British dude. I asked him what his favorite soccer club was. He called me a it's it's football, you bloody wanker. That, also, that's a guy who drinks tea and eats beans for a living. He lives in the most depressed city in the world. The big bad military he had lost to a state of colonies. He lost to Appalachia people. They don't deserve to talk. 
And also, how is London the most <laughs> visited city in the world every year? Why would I want to go there? Uh, so why? So he actually was pretty pretty cool guy. Oh, don't give um, him that. You know, don't I, give him I, that. I, he he was he was because he actually he hates he hates the British monarchy. Oh, thank God. He he actually doesn't he doesn't live in London. He lives like north and like he's probably he said he's like two hours away from it. So he kind of lives out in the country, and uh, he was he was actually like a pretty pretty cool guy. He uh we can I guy I was with we convinced him um that guns. That you know, guns, if properly trained and used the right way, you know they they can be fun and like there's a you you have to if it's important of safety and being taught the right way to do things, you know, and and I said it on conversation Monday with Logan when we were talking about this too was that like by the end of it he was like a full blown redneck he had a 1776 tattooed on his arm he had a chaw in like I mean he was a full blooded full blooded American indoctrinated into it but so you know and grant you're looking at me like like i don't know if this is true but i kind of actually believe that this is true i kind of i kind of hope it's true but also i just i just don't like the people at that depressed boring city it's in country they're just but he's not i just i just maybe i just don't like him or maybe i just holding a grudge because usa one england zero scoreboard scoreboard um and I, I don't know. I just. It's funny when the guy from Vietnam. Yeah, says it, it is. And, and, and it's, it's a lot more funny <laughs> in the context of, of the episode. God, I, Seth MacFarlane is the man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we should get him on Oh, here. my God. Oh, my. You know, it, that would be an the episode. The best part about that is this is everyone's catching smoke. He's not coming after one specific person, race, gender, pronoun, whatever you want to call it. Everyone's catching smoke. That would be fantastic. It'd be so fun. And uh, so now that we're done talking about glorified jogging, let's talk about the Metro Met Met Stadium getting demolished. Um, I think it's fair to say that I'm surprised there isn't a KC logo in the Mall of America since the last two games of the teams played there. The Twins lost to the Royals 5-2, and then on December 20th, in 1981, the Vikings lost to the Chiefs 10 to and 6. Let's not forget the whole toilet bowl gate, taking stuff out of bleachers, light bulbs. That just fiasco for the last game at the Met. God, Good that's fantastic. And, uh, you know, it, it was cool reading about this because, um, you know, Met, Met Stadium, it went to the, went to the, gave way to the Metrodome. I thought it was interesting that, they referred to the Metrodome as not lively for watching sports. Talk about please, old please takes exposed or freezing, freezing cold, freezing cold takes. takes. We should see, 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 Bayless on that. Um, yeah, and that was cool. And uh, I thought it was cool too, how the, uh, the fans, they would tailgate before and after games. And then sometimes the players would come and hang out with them. Um, you know, Dan did a good job of talking about relationship building and Dude, uh, connect- connectedness and a community, which I think is why the Vikings have such a strong following and why Minneapolis and the state of Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota is a Viking state. Could you imagine if you're able to do that today as a fan, you tailgate before the game, you tailgate afterwards, and then after Jefferson 
Justin puts up seven for 115 against and, and two tutties against the Bears, he comes out and he's just hanging out with you in the parking lot. Can you imagine how cool that would be? Yeah. He just does this. Well, it was uh, when the uh, Chiefs won the AFC Championship, it was Creed Humphrey and one of the other linemen. Drake, they, Drake were, they were going out to the uh, – or, yeah, yeah, they were going. They were going into the concession stand to get more beer for the <laughs> locker room because they drank them dry. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! But, and I, I will just transition over to the uh, to the uh, new new or the newer home after the Met, Met Met Stadium. The Metrodome roof collapsed five times. I did not know five times. No. I did not know this either. No. I the only one that I knew of was in 2010. So now now we're gonna do some fun fact Fridays, recorded on a Monday, released on Thursday. Oh, he got it, folks. Here, I did. It took a little bit. I I was very you know I've had quite the uh, quite the couple of days. Walked 27 holes. I've flown in an airplane, little Cessna. I've I mowed my lawn for the first time. I'm gonna have to do it again on Wednesday. Did you have the new, did you have the new balances on? I did not. Those are those are getting ordered. Okay. So once you're an embarrassment. Yeah. As Jason Kelsey calls them, the grass yeah, well, grass cutting three thousand. Exactly. Those will be those will be the next time I mow. Nice. Um and you know the the curse of the curse of the rain because every time I was gonna mow. I was going to mow last Monday, rained. I was going to mow Friday, rained. And then it actually rained here yesterday, but it was after I mowed. And I pretty much slept all afternoon from walking and flying and walked 18 holes on a very hilly course on 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 Saturday. And walking it, I can't believe I ran that in cross country in high school. Well, back when you were in peak physical shape. Yes, correct. Well, actually, I would say my peak physical shape was when Grant, you and I were doing Nebraska's weightlifting <laughs> program. That was awesome. I kind of want to do it again. I just need more time. Six months. We make we make this we make we 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 find a way to do this full time. I will document and do everything, follow that thing to a T, and we'll see how I do. Oh, you'll just kick it out. You'll. Find- Perfect. Out of the ballpark. So, but back to the Metrodome roof collapsing. First one happened in 1981. 10.2 inches of snow fell fell on the Metrodome roof, and it actually fell twice, collapsed twice. Once when the snow dropped, and then when they were shoveling it off, there was a uh, there was a pop, and one of the roof's panels on the north side of the dome tore, and over the next hour the metrodome roof slowly collapsed 1982 uh they were shoveling shoveling snow and an avalanche they caused a small avalanche to fall off and uh it lessened the pressure which caused the roof to rise slightly and as it rose it hit a metal bucket that was suspended over over the dome by a crane creating a tear in the teflon roof collapsed now this and this one hap- this next one happened in April of 1983. So this thing opened in well, so it the first one it the first one it popped before the Metrodome was even operating because mm-hmm. I believe it opened in 1982. Yes. So this one happened before. Second one happened 
barely not even a a year after it opened and then in April, so within three years it happened three times and another snowstorm soft, man. brought down the roof are soft 13 point 13.6 inches of snow and uh, the falling ice and snow led to a 38 foot tear in the roof and workers deflated the dome to as uh, precautionary and uh, repairs were made just in time for baseball to be played the following night that uh, the, the boomers are soft narrative is not true on this one oh. Grant. And then in 86, 60 to 80 mile an hour wind gusts took the roof down in the eighth inning, this was during a game between the Twins and Angels and uh, caused pressure inside the dome to drop and then lights and speakers swayed. Uh, they've made the had the spectators go back into the concourse area. They turned on some electric fans and it helped stabilize the pressure. And after a only a nine-minute delay, also Boomer's not soft on this one, delay, the game resumed. And then the Angels scored six runs in the top of the ninth inning and won the game seven to six. Oof, bad omens. In full Minnesota, Minnesota fashion. Minnesota fashion. Yeah. Yep. And, and then there was a 24-year 20, hiatus of the roof not collapsing in, in December 12th of 2010. And this is the one we all remember. One of the craziest videos. I honestly thought when I saw it for the first time, I thought it was a cartoon. <laughs> and... They, it was supposed to be the night before the Vikings played the Giants. Minnesota got 24 inches of snow. And the uh, Vikings did not get to finish the game there, finish their season there, in which was a very forgettable 2010 season. They played the that game against the Giants on a Monday in Detroit at Ford Field. And then they played the Bears on a Monday night game, which ended Brock, uh, Brett Favre's career at TCF Bank Stadium. And, uh, ooh, looking at it now, they lost those two games by a combined score of 61-17, which led, paved the way for U.S. Bank Stadium to be, to be uh, the they passed the bill for that and moved on to what is now a fully paid-off U.S. Bank Stadium. 26 years ahead. No, but Dylan. Yep, that's what yeah. happens when you get... Go ahead. Um, well, you, I'll let you let you finish first. Well, and it, hap- it helps when you can get sell out Morgan Wallen and Eric Church concerts or get those those types of venues as well. The Final Four. Hopefully, Minnesota gets another Final one. Final Four. You know, Luke Holmes was there last weekend. They've had Coldplay, Ed Sheeran, Guns N' Roses. Um, build these Motley, Motley Crue. You build these big facilities. It'll help pay it off real quick. If you build it, they will yep. come. But no, Dylan, that weekend uh, in 2010, I remember that weekend because we got killed in Mankato too that weekend for snow. And actually, um, I was, you know, 15, 16, however, uh, years old, work, working at Hy-Vee that weekend. And I was, you know, just a little part-time courtesy clerk. Um, but it snowed so much. That weekend, I spent my whole six-hour shifts on both Saturday and Sunday bringing carts in and out, shoveling the sidewalks, um, essentially just being outside. And I just remember I Charlie Browned it about four times trying to push these shopping carts in in one run because the ground, <laughs> the ground was so slick. 
uh, I just, I one time ended up on my back and I just looked up like, uh, yep, this is going to happen. This is going to be the end of me. It was just an absolute disaster. And actually UND was in town that weekend for a hockey game. And uh, they played Friday, but the snow was so bad. They canceled the Saturday game in the city. UND had to stay at, stay at their hotel. And I don't know if they played on Sunday or if they just went home where the weather got better, better. but every business in town shut down. Saturday afternoon where they canceled the hockey game because the snow was that bad that weekend. Yeah, I believe, I believe it. I, I think we had a pretty hard snowstorm in uh, Dickinson as well. I don't remember if we, I want to say, I, I, I think I no, this was different. No, I'm thinking of, of, a, of a different time, but, but yeah, I remember getting hit pretty hard by snow, snow that weekend as mm-hmm. well. Um, probably just a big Alberta clipper that just came across the entire Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, Midwest, mid, 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 took Midwest, whole, we'll call it. It took out the whole Midwest. And, uh, yeah, and it caused the Metrodome to, uh, addition by subtraction, I guess. Oh yeah. Metrodome as great, as great as it was led way to an even nicer stadium in a uh, U.S. bank stadium. And we'll go to, uh, some quick hitters here. Um, Howard Cosell, legendary broadcaster, loses his toupee. <laughs> and the reason why this is a this is a story is because it it was a uh, Duluth boxer, or actually no, he was a Crosby, Minnesota. His name is Scott Ledoux. Not sure if it's related to Chris Ledoux. I think they're spelled differently, but he was uh, he was nicknamed the Fighting Frenchman. He was um, had a th- 33, 13, and four record. And he, um, he lost to uh, George Foreman in 76. And in 77, he was uh, fighting Leon Spinks to a, fought Leon Spinks to a 10 round draw. And um, Ledoux was going to fight Muhammad Ali, but they never got to square off um, because, or wait, no, he fought him in a charity event in 1977 and Ali promised Ledoux a title fight but Ali de- was defeated by Leon Spinks and couldn't fulfill his promise but his uh, Ledoux's most famous fight infamous fight if you will happened on February 13th 1977 he was going against Johnny Boudreau and after the eight round fight Ledoux and his trainer thought he clearly won but was uh, unanimously lost to Boudreau and while Boudreau was being interviewed on live TV um, by Howard Cosell, Ledoux shouted at Cosell and said, tell it like it is. And Ledoux tried to kick Boudreau, who jumped out of the way, and Boudreau's feet got tangled in the cord to Cosell's, head- Cosell's headset, and he accidentally pulled the headset off along with Cosell's toupee. Awesome. I think this is... <laughs> and- this is more funny than heartbreak. And, and, uh, this is just hilarious. This is. It was. And the funniest part is, is how Ledoux says that he kept the tape of it just so he could get a good chuckle every now and again. But now now you want to talk heartbreak here. This one is, is, is Minnesota sports at its finest here. This is about Dwayne Bobick. He is a professional boxer. It was from uh, Bolus, Minnesota. Do you guys know where that nope. is? No. Okay. 
Where? So, and he was Bolus, B-O-W-L-U-S. It's got to be up north somewhere. Um, he had a uh, he he won his first thirty-eight matches, perfect thirty-eight and zero. And he got to go up against Ken Norton, whose son is the defensive coordinator for the Seahawks, played a long time in the NFL. Good bloodlines. Uh, he was knocked out in just 58 seconds in the first round by TKO. The ref said, no, you're done. And um, it was it was so bad. And this guy was undefeated, keep in mind. Didn't last an entire minute. Make it a full minute. He got featured on the weekend update of Saturday Night Live. So Bolus is actually up by Sartell and St. Cloud. So another fun fact on a Monday being talked about. Uh, I don't know. Grant, you fun say, fact you Friday it. recorded on a Monday coming to you on Thursday. That's it. Thank you. That's too much for my brain. Okay. Woo! <laughs> when you yell doggy, Boone's head. Oh, sorry, Boone. He's sleeping. He's okay. And then, and then we got to go back to glorified jogging. The Minnesota Kicks soccer team folds. Uh, this was an indoor soccer team. What? Or no, this was no, this was this was not the indoor team. My bad. The Strikers were the indoor team. They, uh, um, you know, the most disappointing part about this was they they continuously lost money out even after they were competitive. Um, most fans apparently were not upset that the team left. They were just mostly upset that they were not able to tailgate. Ah, party, party, Understandable. Party. Who we, we ever people love Midwesterners love a good reason to party. And uh, because they I guess they didn't charge for parking either. So the parking lot often turned into quite a party in Dan's so notes. Could here. you call it a parking lot party by Lee Bryce? It hey. was a party. That was pretty good. And and then uh, staying with soccer, Minnesota Strikers lose championship. This was an indoor soccer hey, can league. Can I just make an amendment, Dylan? And, can I make an amendment? It's no yep. longer soccer. It's glorified jogging. Glorified <laughs> jogging? Okay, I like that. Glorified jogging, or or my buddy Isaiah came up with this one too, communist kickball. <laughs> kickball is actually fun. I don't want to bring kickball down. So communists in front of it, it changes everything. Should be communist or royal because it's overseas. They have their parliament and shit. No, no, communist. No, communist. communist? Yeah, right, it's either it's either communist kickball or glorified jogging. Hmm. You know, well, I'll clip this and we'll let the people decide of which one they think soccer is: communist kickball or glorified oh. jogging. You be the judge. We'll put it to a vote. Um, you know, the this the indoor soccer league, which they played at. Played at the uh, Met Center, um, where the uh, the North Stars played. Um, interesting thing here was their uh, Tino Lettieri, Dan's favorite player of this team. He always kept a stuffed parrot named Ozzy in the net, and they sold these sold the uh, these stuffed Ozzies as the souvenir stand. Um, other than that. Just an, just another team in Minnesota that left. Um, luckily, we still have the important teams. It sounds like the Minnesota. I don't even know what their MLS team is called now. It sounds the like loons. they uh, they have some the loons. It oh. seems like they are uh, they are having more success than the strikers and the kicks. We'll see if that continues. 
But that is, uh, that wraps up the uh, the book club of history of heartbreak. We will have Dan on next week to discuss the book. He's gonna give us he's gonna give us his Mount Rushmore of Minnesota sports figure, and we're all gonna do our our Mount Flushmore of Minnesota sports figures. So be ready for that. I'm interested. I'm gonna be curious to see who you guys come up with and have as as uh, on these on the the Mount Flushmore of awful Minnesota sports figures. Hashtag boomers are soft. Hashtag boomers are soft. And uh, what yeah. What what did you guys what what are your guys' full thoughts on the book? What did you guys uh what were some of your favorite moments of the or well interesting, funny, you know, open some reopen some wounds. Uh what were some things you guys some fun fact Fridays on a Mondays, sometime recorded on a Mondays or Wednesdays, released on a Thursday that you guys found in this book? I guess I just relived my dad's whole life in a book. <laughs> that's basically what i got oh, damn it that. craig poor guy <laughs> that that is very true because my dad was the same way because he'd listen and he would call me telling me stories about yeah i remember this oh yeah well, i remember that for me i just can't get over the fact that almost every professional sports team in this state either left or attempt attempted to leave at one point yeah like, yeah, nobody likes it here. Let's all pack up our bags and go. Minnesota sports fans are some of the most passionate fans in all of sports. They they are they they ride and die with their teams. And, you know, the highs are really high and the lows are lower than whales. Whale shit. And there's a lot. That's pretty low. And there's a lot more lows than highs. Yes, yes. And you know what? Hopefully we have some mirror po- mirror positivity. Hopefully there are brighter days ahead for Minnesota sports. And uh, you know, I thought it was crazy that Minnesota almost hired John Wooden and they didn't because of a snowstorm. Allegedly. <laughs> Alleged snowstorm, which we don't think according to history and weather reports didn't Sid happen. Hartman's so Hartman's never wrong. We need we need to get the Farmer's Almanac from 1965 to figure this out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do. We do. So we'll be interested to see. Um, I mean, I'll be interested to see, too, what, what, are so, what, what the best of the rest are. Some that didn't, that didn't make the cut in the book because, I mean, it's Minnesota sports. There's plenty that to go around. Dan just didn't want to make it too depressing. Yeah, that, that could be. That could be. But... I suppose. Um, you guys want to hear about my flight? Yeah, you didn't die. That's a good thing. Yeah, no, I, I survived. Uh, Maverick and Goose, a.k.a. Cody. Cody and I, we uh, we flew up to uh, um, Beulah Bay on Lake Sakakawea, did a f- quick flip around, and then... Sakakawea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I'm going up there this weekend to go do some fishing. You didn't catch a shark? And- uh, I don't think so. I don't know of any sharks there. Maybe, a, maybe I'm hoping to catch like a big old, big fat walleye that I can mount, mount in my house somewhere. I think that would be pretty sweet. That'd be cool. Um, but it was, it was this tiny Cessna plane. Like, I mean, it was like very, very tight, very compact. And 
um, is very, very technical on things and different, uh, got to learn and listen to some, the, uh, the airplane talk, some real life in front things of the, uh, in, in flight things of, you know, of like what you hear when they're talking to air traffic control, different ways of spotting the airport when you're landing and looking for different landmarks. And could you uh, land it if you had to, if Cody would have died, could you have landed that plane? Um, I would have, I don't know. I, I mean, I, if I, if I was able to make contact with somebody at the, uh, at the base and listen to them, I probably would find a way to make it land. I definitely would not be a pretty landing, but I would have find a way to make sure it gets done. It's not gymnastics. There's no style points here. All right, guys. Hannah's yeah. about to walk in. I got to go get her. So we did not talk about her running over the curb. I didn't curb. hear that. No. Nope. Hannah ran over the curb? Yep. <laughs> well, if I was just a stand-up and, comedian uh, right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. But hit some – there was some – it was – uh. So like it was very tight and we had to like latch these doors down. We had to slam it as hard as you could. And there's a couple of times where we like hit some bumps and I don't know how, how or why the bumps like happen or where, where they come from. But for the most part, it was a pretty smooth ride. The wind was, was kind of howling a little bit. It was uh, very calm in the morning, but by the time we got up, the wind had picked up a little bit and had a, had a little bit of movement, a little bit of uneasiness at times. There was one I remember where I had my arm and it was kind of by the handle and we hit this bump. And my initial reaction was to grab like this, like the door handle, but it's like you pull it up. And if I, if I, and I grabbed it just on instinct. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I grabbed it, it was like a, Oh shit, I should not be grabbing this because if I pull up hard enough, that door opens and I'm falling out and you're gone. See ya bud. And I'm gone. We were uh, we were about five thousand feet in the air, and I don't think I'm gonna land gracefully. Come on, you coward! Yeah, I, next time bring a parachute. That's fair. Yeah, um, I'm. Which I I think that's that that's very, you know, in in that sense, that's like being a cat. Being called a cat is kind of a compliment in a roundabout yeah, way. If you that land way. on your feet. Because usually if you're called a cat, that is very – it's very derogatory. I can make it derogatory. I'm sure you could. But, you know, this podcast being the mirror of positivity, we're not going to. And we're going to – now we're that you're back, we're going to kick – we, we are not the mirror of positivity. We all hate the world. Let's, let's just call it what it is. But, well, I wouldn't consider myself a super hard Vikings fan. I, I cheer for them when they're not playing the Cowboys or it has an effect on them. But, but uh, I I probably will be going on another plane ride again with Cody at some point. Um, Just don't you know, be like got, the one over DC a, yesterday I, where they had to send in the F-16s to intersect it over Washington DC. Yeah, I heard about that. That's well, smart. we I don't think this plane is going to be doing anything. Um, it's it was old. It was a uh, two seater plane, and um. Other than, other than just flying it around and going not too far, you can get what would normally take about an hour and a half. We got there in a half hour oh, nice. and then flew back. So it was an hour flight. Man, um, looking it. It'd be sweet to go over, go to like around Medora, go go check out like the Badlands and 
um, something like that. I think that would be a, that'd be a fun plan or flying over my, flying over the, my grandparents' farm, which would be sweet. Cause that's kind of my next plan is to go fly over that and try to get a picture. So I have Christmas presents for everybody for next year. So the ideas never, never stop here. And I don't think I'll ever get my pilot's license because he was telling me it is very expensive. He is already about 10 to 13 grand in between license, microphone, getting a headsets. Cause you have the to, hell is that? yeah, it's uh, very expensive. A lot of testing. I don't like plane. tests. And yeah, you learn how to fly a plane. So, and hopefully at some point he's able to buy a plane. So we, we don't have to rent it and it's cheaper. But, um, yeah, so that was, that was my plane experience. And, um, Ethan, the floor is yours. Let's hear your curveball well, of the week. I didn't really have one until about five minutes ago. I was just going to come up with something out of my ass. But uh, what, 10 years from now, what is one hobby you want to be doing? Now, is this like a new hobby, something we haven't new hobby, done? Yeah, something you you don't oh. do or you or maybe you want to do, but you haven't been able to. Ooh, that's a good one. That is. I don't know. I just thought of this. Part of me go, wants to um, say like I, part of I me want wants to, to say I want to get. You want to be a gardener? Yeah, I want to have a big garden. Okay. Some jalapenos, a bunch of peppers, some onions. Maybe grow a huh? fat ass pumpkin. You need a lot of space for those pumpkins. Yeah, I know they're big bitches. Yeah. Some rhubarb, make some rhubarb pie. Ooh. Now I'm getting My hard. Cousin, Sorry. Cousin's cousin's wife made rhubarb rhubarb bars well, um, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, those were so week, good. But she didn't there's no way to get it to me, unfortunately. Oh. Ooh. You didn't want it bad enough. Oh, I, I honestly, if she would have told me she would have made it, I probably would have went to Wilmer and grabbed it. I think if I think a new hobby, and I have the tools to do it, I just haven't gotten around to doing it. Is I would like to get more into um into like grilling and uh, smoking, um doing doing different type of food, different becoming more of a foodie, doing more different food things like smoking ribs. Um, out at the uh, lake, my uncle broasted chicken. It was Gross. phenomenal. Interesting. Yep. Um, or like doing like shrimp broils, just just being having more 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 cookouts, more barbecues, learning how to become like a like a pit master of sorts. That that's a good that's nice. a good thing to have. That's a yeah. good one. Call me. I don't know. Call me crazy now, but just because you know I live with Alec and this is what his family does, but. I feel like Grant is going to be. He wants to go to the sperm bank more. No, no, we're not. No, we're not doing that. We're not gonna. We're not gonna let society feel bad with more people like me out there. We don't need that. <laughs> uh, one, one Grant is enough. God, God, let alone let's have two or three more. Oh Jesus! Hey, here's Just another one. guy out in the world. All he's going to do is go to the gym, eat a bunch of eat a bunch of food, and send memes to his friends all day. Not do anything else for society. Eat unflavored yeah. chicken breasts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a, Just he's terrifying. a real macho man. We need more of them out there. No, we don't. <laughs> um, but no, kind of just excuse me, because what Alec and his family they do all the time, and it's same. It's super intense. 
and I think you're crazy because you want to do it. They're a fish for one of every 10,000 casts, but musky fishing. Ooh, that would be sweet to go do. Because I just look at that. Yeah, because they go way up north, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking, you know, Leech Lake, Vermilion, um, DL. Uh, I've gone, gone some parts of Canada. At least, at least, excuse me, Reggie has. But um, did you see that 50-incher that Alex got up there mounted? That'd be just something. It's fake, according to Anna. It's a fake fish. No, it's a real fish. Well, it's it's a replica. But that big old, that big, you know, 52-inch fish he's got up, up there. Something about battling those and just catching that would be just such an adrenaline rush. I think that'd be something That's That'd be something sick. fun to do. Yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully I catch catch a big one on, on Saturday if, I, if we end up going. Maybe you'll catch a big fucking uh, sturgeon. Big fish. Fucking dinosaur. I I don't think we have sturgeons in Sakakuya. Oh shoot, that's a bummer. Maybe there is. That'd be a sick fish to catch. I think a sweet a sweet fishing trip would be uh would be like going down to like somewhere in the south and go um, bass fishing. There are yeah go like bass fishing Al- or gator hunting. That'd yeah, that would, be, that, that would be an honorable mention would be trying to get into hunting, but that's also during the middle of football season, and I I still like football too much to – I really want to – not sure if I want to give up my Saturday to well, go – Dylan, you could you – could, go, go out in the you cold. Could, um, you could start doing turkey hunting. That's always in the spring. Yeah. Well, they, they, there's a fall turkey season too here okay, in Okay, but, Dakota. yeah, to your point, you don't have to miss football. Participate in the spring season. Blast, blast some toms. That is true. Eight. That might. And I have a new shotgun. I got to get my use out of it somehow. There you go. Just don't shoot the neighbor. Now, yeah, no, definitely do not want to do that. That's uh, that is not a, not a fun thing or something you uh, you come back from. But, I think that wraps up. We, like I said, we we're gonna have Dan on Dan Winnesota on next week to uh, discuss the book. We'll have more NBA Finals recap, and then after that, we're gonna. I think the next week we uh, what do you say we uh we do our we do the '98 Braves talk uh our the team that had us feeling like the '98 Braves the Morgan Wallen song and then I don't know we'll uh we'll do some deep dives on maybe some teams uh maybe we'll let's review uh let's review some 30 for 30s or some sports documentaries um things that we weren't alive for or were alive for or too young to remember or go back and revisit those things. Um, but for now that wraps up episode 81 of the three guys talking about podcast. Check us out on all of our social medias. We'll have the segments of the show on YouTube out on Friday. Uh, go check out conversation Monday as well. We'll have a new one of those out as well on Monday. Uh, Facebook page is three guys talking balls. Same as YouTube, subscribe, like there, share. Um, and then you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Outside of Grant's hiccups on 3GTV podcast. And thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you next time.